2: Harmonize with me and hold me tight all through the night.
3: You're shining bright. I'm your oyster, baby. You're my pearl. William, what? We're here, are we? I mean, we've been here for a while, but now we're now officially here in terms of being recorded. We've just been chatting, but now they're going to they're going to record us chatting mm-hmm. this time. What's been going on? We've had some very very shocking weather this morning. Rain right? like you've never seen. Yeah. Rattling off my roof tiles. I call it the end of the world weather. That kind of <sighs> rain you get in LA. It doesn't tend to rain at all in LA. And then when it does, it's cats and dogs, isn't it?
1: When it does, I always imagine you just screaming and ripping off your top and just running around oh, the garden. I do do yeah. you do
3: that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I love like to. <gasps> yeah, just with just uh, with my clothes below the waist but above. <gasps> naked as the day I was born just your t-shirt folded neatly
1: mm. on the sofa there
3: I always I love I have a garden which it throughout most of the year I always look at it and think oh I'm so sorry that I can't get enough water your way because the even if you're watering the garden which I do the sun burns it off very quickly but on a day like this oh, oh my garden's glorious it's like, you can almost, like, see it breathing. You can't. That, that's just no, the you drugs. Could, yeah. But it's almost as if you could. You know that's I mean? amazing. Um, yeah. Hey, we've had some correspondence. We should jump right in because this is going to be a, a packed show. We've got a guest. We've got things to get through. Shall we do some housekeeping? It's non-stop, dumb. I know. Housekeeping! <laughs> How much fun are you to keep a house so clean and true? Peeling the onion. Shall I read the long one? Please do it, don't I know you struggle to read. This comes from Hope. (gasps)
1: What a lovely name.
3: Yeah, in uh, Denver, Colorado.
1: Lovely. Mm -hmm. Lovely.
3: Hope says, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I enjoyed hearing about the mysteries of the universe you were interested in solving and Ali's interest in the Dyatlov Pass (gasps) incident. It made me think of a mystery I'm very curious about and maybe Dom's animal expertise can lend some context to it. Who knows? Who knows? Have you heard of the bulls found dead in Oregon farms? Many young, healthy bulls have mysteriously showed up dead on the ranch, drained of blood and with body parts precisely removed. They haven't been in tracks... Found around the, They haven't been in tracks found around the bulls or teeth marks. That probably doesn't make sense, but that's okay. Any other marks that could have been used to extract the blood? Stories like this have shown up in recent years, but it sounds like similar stories have appeared for centuries all over the U.S. for different large animals, and they gave us a link there. Now, this is the first time I'm reading this, mm-hmm. but drained of blood and with body parts missing. Body parts, yeah, William, please. I think I know. Go on. Vampira. Mm. What the bat? Yeah, just vampires. Oh, just it. actual vampires. Actual
1: vampire. That's the only. It's the only explanation. They when prefer... you take away
3: all other options, yeah. what you are left with is a vampire. Is the
1: truth, mm. which is a vampire, yeah.
3: vampira, vampira. And they their preferred way of getting blood is from c- cows, male cows, not humans. Now they've moved on.
1: They'll they'll take whatever they can get. Your vampires, you see. The, the main, I mean, it go it's a it's a sliding scale. Yeah, all the way from you know from like from chickens.
3: Yeah, they'll they'll drain them. They'll, they'll drain the chicken.
1: Blood. To a virgin is their number one yeah, choice.
3: They do, yeah, they do love them. Now, what about if they're struggling, would they go for like a bee or a wasp? Would they suck all the blood out?
1: There's not much eating in a bee
3: for a vampire. Why are they taking body parts and what body parts are they taking?
1: Well, they're taking that. You know, you always say that when we do Billy and Dom Eat the World and I say how how um, useful is the, the food and you always think, can I take it with me yeah. on the train or that?
3: To a football game.
1: Well, that's what they're doing. Yeah. They're taking a leg with them and right. they'll suck the blood out of that later.
3: Oh, okay, nice. Nice. So, like, stuff for the journey back home. Yeah, they'll stick it in a, uh, a top, of, a big Tupperware. Yeah, and then they have to be a big one, wouldn't it? And yeah, they're flying home because they are half bat, aren't they? Well, not with Tupperware. So you'd have to walk home. So then, if you they're getting found by the police on the walk home, I would say they're probably covered in blood, right? Because they just yeah. drained an animal of its blood. Yeah, carrying a large briefcase size. Tupperware, see-through Tupperware. Of a cow's leg. Yeah, for, for sucking later. Right, and no one knows about this? No, no one takes much notice. No. Really? Do you think if they if the police did find them they would probably suck the policeman's blood? And then maybe put a leg in a Tupperware. Take that with them. Hope I think we've solved it. It's Done it. vampires. Alright, Billy, over to you. Another Love Pass incident. Oh, Love Pass, as we talked about. So, you know,
1: I hope everybody's following us every week. Otherwise, this will make no sense. Yes. Last year, a very compelling theory was set to solve the enduring mystery of the Love Pass incident. Oh. Where, in 1959, nine experienced hikers died on the slopes of Kolat SiaKal Mountain. Mm. Death Mountain, as it's known. The hikers the study put forward were caught in a rare slab avalanche. Mm. Now Soviet authorities at the same established that 3 died due to physical trauma, the others from hypothermia. Being caught in the avalanche is a good explanation hitting a third of the group while the
3: rest met their demise as they fled in unsuitable clothing. Unsuitable clothing, what, like lederhosen, maybe a pair of cycling shorts? Well, it could be anything. It could be yeah, an anyway, evening like gown. Green on red, which you should never do.
1: Yeah, red and green should never be seen, mm. except on an Irish queen. Oh. So while the explanation fitted the peculiarities Good of the case... For a Scottish person to say. <laughs> not everyone was convinced. <laughs> the main criticism was that avalanches were not seen in this mountain. Mm. Well, since the publication... Authors Johan Guam and Alexander M. Puzrin conducted three more expeditions to that mountain and found video evidence of two recent avalanches. So I think if you look in the Communications Earth and Environment journal, you'll see that it
3: could well have been
1: an avalanche.
3: Are you saying that we've just solved the Diatlov Pass incident? Yes. Kennedy next. <laughs> now. <laughs> We're through the looking glass here, Tom. We are, we are. Now, we've had, what's this? This is regarding Twist on Mystery by Bob Wade. I don't know. Let me give you the monkey's paw twist. Do it then. You can turn into anything, but you'll only be able to do it once. (gasps) Interesting. You can be a dragon, a dust mite, an elephant, anything. But choose wisely, because once you make that choice and change, you are stuck as whatever you've changed into and cannot change back. (gasps) So you and I can turn into anything but only one time. Dom, do it. Can't be another human. Should we say that otherwise?
1: Yeah, otherwise, you know what I
3: mean?
1: I'm going to choose. Go on, because I'm still thinking. A blue wheel. Whopper. I want it to be the biggest thing that has ever been, mm. and really no predators once it gets to adult no, size. As I a mean, kid, it does have
3: some predators. Yeah, but
1: yeah. who's going to attack a blue whale? Like a killer whale? Yeah, I would,
3: probably. I would swipe it away. Well, the mum's generally with the kids, so the mum would give it what for? Yeah, and if anything, I would just dive deep, 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 deep. deep. <whistles> Can you do
1: what? <whistles> <whistles> and I'd go right down deep down. Well, there's no fish except ones with just that are a mouth and a
3: light mm-hmm. and there's those animals that go what are those? it's just it's nondescript uh, but right at the very deep uh, bottoms yeah. of the sea there's a thing it's got a, it's got like a, a thing here yeah and if you get like close, a, an you eyelash thing and if you get close to it it goes <clears throat> scary but go on right so but can, i could go anywhere well no you can go to like debenhams or like miss selfridge you mean any body of water? Any whi- well salt water. Venice canals, salt water, yeah. They don't they don't go into thing they do they into just normal water. And you see how whales cetacean whales oh. swim like this. Yeah. But fish, as we know, swim like this. Yeah. That's now, how we, you know Do we know why whales swim like this, which is a mammal? Um because why they do it? Why? What what's the what's the reason? Because why wouldn't you swim like that? If yeah, whale? serpentine movement is one of the most um,
1: satisfying movements satisfying. in in, in nature. nature. Yeah, and just so what's that one called? It. I don't know. Because that's the way thing me. The man from Atlantis swims right.
3: Mermaids as well and mermen. I'd assume. Why do they? I don't know. Don't because whales used to live on the land, and this is them running. <sighs> Whale. No. It's true. No! Whales evolved from being a land-dwelling creature and made their way into the ocean, not the other way around. And most other things did it the other way around, am I right? Well, some of them did. I mean, most li- life on Earth began in the ocean. Right. But So ultimately, if you go all the way back, right. probably the, the forefathers of a whale began in the ocean because all life began there. They came
1: out for a while? They came out. What size were they, they?
3: Oh, the whoppers. They became terrestrial. Then they they made their way back into the ocean, and you can find the remnants of legs in Wales. The country. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Wait, I've not picked mine, so you'd be a blue whale. Give us some of your blue whale stats. What? Stats? Come on, you know a few great stats about blue whales. Blue
1: whale's heart is the size of a Volvo. I
3: think it's a Mini Cooper, but
1: man, fair enough. Its tongue is the size of Mexico.
3: Sure. Is that true? a bit smaller a grown man can swim down its blood vessels yeah but they never have Mm -hmm.
1: and it can hold its breath for over a
3: hundred years incredible and being the biggest animal on the planet yep they can't eat anything bigger than a tennis ball and they're the biggest that's ever been so it's not just the biggest now no no
1: bigger than all the dinosaurs not put together no
3: individually
1: individually individually the biggest animal that has ever been on this planet
3: yeah because it is water is the only thing that would allow that animal to sustain that size that's why the African elephant Mm. the biggest land dwelling creature Mm -hmm. you couldn't get anything bigger than that because its bones would fracture on earth but in the water, as we know, looks after you.
1: Yeah, it's buoyant. Buoyant.
3: Right. So you turn into the blue well. My goodness, I would turn into. It's oh, tough. Choose well because you can't, you can't. Come back. You can't come back from it. It's I, the monkey's paw experiment. I probably, I probably say a golden eagle. <gasps> Large bird, not too many predators. Lives in the highlands of Scotland. Oh, big. You know, almost effortless flight.
1: How high can they fly? I would say
3: like twenty feet, twenty-two feet.
1: Can they fly fast?
3: Not the. It's not the fastest bird of prey. That's the peregrine falcon. But yeah, extremely graceful. No predators. Yeah, just. Fl- I mean, flying. Come on, flying. Yeah, beautiful. Are you kidding me? Hey, thanks, Bob Wade. Yeah, that was good. That we've had some miss heard lyrics we like this we've got a few here go on you go first
1: right you know when uh la isla bonita is playing and uh, it's last night i dreamed of san pedro mm-hmm. as you know dom mm-hmm. well Classic. well um this person and we don't have the name
3: says last night i stepped on a lego last night i, I stepped on a lego, lego. lovely stuff this from Not All Is Wonderful at YouTube. My yeah. favourite Miss Herd lyric came out of my eight-year-old's mouth. Yep. At the time she at the time, but she's now sixteen. Instead of Hit Me with Your best Shark by Pat Benatar. Yeah. She thought it was Hit Me With Your Pet Shark. Oh, that was good, good actually. Yeah, it's good
1: that. Dom. Last one. All right. It's one from Stephen X. And this is a dread pirate Robert who said, for the longest time, I thought the song White Winged Dove by Stephen X was one winged dove.
3: It would only be us flying
1: circles, wouldn't it? Yeah, he always thought that was very strange and cruel.
3: Very sad. Uh, (laughs) We've also got some, no more Tongue Twisters this week, so send them in because you love the Tongue Twisters. Right. Question here from Lenny in Surrey. He's aged 13. Hey. (coughs) Excuse me. Hello, Lenny. So my dad used to have butter on his Weetabix for supper. (laughs) So are there any other strange things you have put butter on? And how else do you like your cereal? Dom, how do you feel about your character Beaumont Kin being partially cut from Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker? And do you think J.J. Abrams will ever release the director's cut you asked for? Uh, You know, most characters get partially cut, don't they? Yeah, it's annoying. You don't tend to uh, get all of your stuff in there? Obviously, I would have liked to have seen more. Yeah, oh, that's just the way it goes. I was in, I was only in the last story in that trilogy and they had to finish off a whole bunch of other stories. Do I think J.J. will release the d- director's cop? Well, J.J. doesn't own the movie. That's owned by Disney. So that would be more of a Disney question. Yeah, do you think Mickey Mouse will ever release it? Yeah, should we say maybe? Yeah. Let's say maybe. And then, is there anything strange that you put butter on and how else do you like your cereal? I sometimes like my cereal dry. Do you ever just do that? Only if I take a handful. That's of it. what I mean. I'll have the yeah, box just yeah. next to me and I'll have like handfuls of maybe magic spoon cereal. It's Delicious. There Freebie oh. there, magic spoon. There you go. It's very good. Strange things you put butter on.
1: That's has gone back to like the first episode of the Friendship Onion. We talked about butter then. Did we?
3: Yeah. Way, way back. And uh, you put it on your back? No, never. <laughs> I I like butter, Dom. Oh, I like butter. I do like it. I remember my mum telling me like 10, 15 years ago, if she could eat anything with no consequences, bread and butter. And I thought it was a bit boring. And now I think bread and butter.
1: I mean good fresh bread. That bread that you bake was some oh, butter melting on I'm top. I'm gonna of.
3: bake that tomorrow. It's delightful. Isn't you don't that mind lovely. me saying that. It's delightful. With a nice good butter, a good butter. We all love fizzy drinks when we were kids, right? But we've come to learn that fizzy sodas and sugary drinks are probably not good for you. But there is a new kind of soda, and it's called Olipop. It tastes just like the sodas that we all grew up with, but unlike other sodas that are full of sugar, corn syrup, and artificial ingredients like aspartame, Olipop is made with natural ingredients that are actually good for you. Olipop is the fastest growing functional beverage brand in America. They have delicious nostalgic flavors like vintage cola, classic root beer, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla, and their newest flavor, classic grape. They use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of probiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit digestive health. 90% of Americans consume more than the USDA's daily recommended added sugar intake, which is 30 grams. Sweetened beverages, like fizzy drinks, sodas, are the leading source of added sugars in the American diet. Receive 20% off plus free shipping on your order. I recommend trying their variety pack. This is a great way of trying all their delicious flavors. Go to drinkolipop.com slash onion or use code onion at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P.com slash onion. Ollipop can be found in over 8,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Target, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans. Health is much more than diet and exercise. Research increasingly shows that a healthy gut microbiome is crucial to a healthy life. Pendulum glucose control is the first and only medical probiotic clinically shown to help manage type 2 diabetes when taken with medication. Over time, people with type 2 diabetes lose the gut bacteria that help them digest fiber and manage blood glucose levels. For those with type 2 diabetes, diet and exercise alone are not enough just to manage it. The best approach emphasizes diet, exercise, and a healthy gut microbiome. If you struggle to manage these levels with diet and exercise alone, your gut microbiome might need attention. Pendulum glucose control helps fill in the gaps between diet and exercise. Pendulum's team of scientists, doctors, and innovators isolated the unique strains of beneficial gut bacteria that help people with type 2 diabetes manage their blood sugar levels. If you or someone you love has type 2 diabetes, take control of glucose levels with Pendulum glucose control. Use code ONION at PendulumLife.com to get twenty percent off your first month of membership, that's p e n d u l u m l i f e dot com. Promo code onion for twenty percent off your first month of membership. Hey, talking about food, Dom. Yeah, go on. You weren't here
1: mm-hmm. when we had the lovely Casper life on mm, the lovely Casper. We did go for lunch though. Oh, we did. Mm-hmm. So you met him, mm-hmm. and uh, he was he was kind enough to cook. The greatest cake in all Christendom. Yeah, you said it was. Oh, it's
3: is that a piece for me? It's, a, it's called a dream, dream cake. Drumminkugel or something like that. Similar. similar. Danish mm. accent is absolutely Thank perfect, you. Tom.
1: It is sounds that, like you were born in Copenhagen. Oh, yeah! It! It's all right. Look! He's
3: dropped it. Look,
1: it steadied itself oh, there. God. It's
3: like Lego. Hold oh. Oh, on. Are you going to have the big bit? No, nah, I'll take the little bit. If you wash your hands because I know you were recently well, vomiting.
1: When, 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 how long ago do you want me? To... I mean, I'd
3: say sometime in the last three hours since you vomited. I have washed my hands since, <laughs> okay. But I have, I did go for a pee there. That's all right.
1: But I washed my hands there as so well. Listen, we're almost family. Are. Look we,
3: here, really? I'll just use my fingers, please. Look at that pissy fingers, they call them. Are you ready? Yeah, pass it over. Here it comes. Now, Tom. N- not only did you describe this. I think you gave it a 10 out of 10 for taste Or a 9.9 9. I've never given 8 in 10 Nothing's perfect 9.9 9. Not only did you give this almost perfect score But Johnny Clues said it was the best cake he's ever had Now It's been frozen <sighs> But it's not frozen now Just give me a minute
1: Alright For All right. heat's
3: sake Hang Jeez. on Is it going in? Wow, oh, very moist isn't it uh, Well hold on Oh my god you got the coconut? Did you get the coconut? Oh, god, Oh, I got some coconut. Do you get the coconut? Mm, I've got it. I remember you saying halfway through the bit, you mm. said, for God's sake, please, someone bring me a cup of coffee. Now, I understand now. Do you get it? It's got that kind of the combination of coffee in your mm. mouth. It's like a wonderful soupy mixture. Oh, that's Moorish, isn't it? Isn't that Moorish? Isn't it nice, though? Moist. Oh, you want to talk about Moist. <gasps> And, and this has been frozen. It's been frozen as well, Tom, a week ago. Casper, an incredible achievement. I sincerely hope that he left you the recipe and the method. Not only do we have the recipe that mm. he gave me,
1: and mm. I think it was from his grandmother or something, oh, yeah. but we'll stick it up on the That's Friendship different. Onion um on on our website and everyone can try and make mm. it and just enjoy themselves, yeah, really.
3: Enjoy it. I is- mean
1: imagine this morning in the rain you had to go to the, the store mm. right to buy yourself some milk you're trying out milk or something
3: well, yeah yeah and you were running you're in the rain
1: Dom. Ugh. and when you <coughs> came in soaking wet yeah. i hand you a towel uh. i said there's a nice cup of tea there dom mm. and some dream cake oh,
3: Lovely. i'd love that this is one of the greatest things i've put in my mouth and i've put some pretty incredible things in my mouth over there isn't that delicious <coughs> right though? nutritious and delicious i love a coconut too
1: what do you well, think of that?
3: I think I you like it. Am i giving it scores or well, not.
1: Well, you don't have to, but do you think you, you scored should? Scored
3: it last week. Well, go on, give it scores. It's do a double not? episode of Brilliant on me. I'll very quickly give it scores. Taste. I could see why you almost gave it a perfect score. It's incredible. Mm. I'm gonna say the same as you. Nine and nine point nine out of ten. Well, it is a fantastic cake. Looks. It got demoted last week because it, it does. It, you know, it's quite a bland-looking cake, isn't it? Just. I like the look of it. Casper and, and, didn't. Mm, 6 and then usefulness I mean it's a cake isn't it at the end of the day I wouldn't mind a little dream cake ice cream little oh, yeah. tiny light, tiny little spheres of this mm-hmm. in a vanilla ice cream mm-hmm. so now you've got mm-hmm. frozen dream cake which that was yesterday 8.2 not bad Dom I loved it good well, mm, I'll finish that as we're ah. talking hey we've got a um, we've got a guest well we've got a guest we've got another question
1: well John's saying he's making a helicopter. John said he's
3: doing this. Yeah. Which means wind it up. Wind it up. we got, we had some incredible. You're talking too here. much, he's saying. Okay. He well, gets fed up with us sometimes. We've got an amazing guest. Yeah. Should we introduce our guest before we bring him on? Don would you please? <coughs> Where, man? Where? I'll my, do the first paragraph. Where's my glasses? Oh, the oh there right, they are. To your left knee. Right. I'll do the first paragraph and you can do the second. Our guest today, uh, who I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen in, Some of your favorite movies is Mr. Doug Jones. And his biography reads like this. Doug Jones, born May 24th, 1960, is an American actor, contortionist, (gasps) and mime artist. That might be a clue. He is best known for portraying non-human creatures, usually featuring heavy makeup and visual effects. He has most notably collaborated with the acclaimed filmmaker Guillermo del Toro, who was at the Oscars last night, appearing in the films Mimic, Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy the Golden Army, Crimson Peak, and the wonderful Oscar-winning Shape of Water.
1: Oh, but Jonesy's other roles include, <clears throat> Tom, it's, it's a list, it's a list. It's yeah. a litany. Hocus Pocus, Tank Girl, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, <clears throat> mm-hmm, Fantastic Four, uh, I mean, Ouija, the, the Origins of Evil, The Bye-Bye Man, The Strain, and of course, plays Captain saru in Star Trek Discovery.
3: Mm-hmm. Let's see if uh, we can talk to our our wonderful new friend Doug Jones.
1: Here he is. What a fantastic guest we've got this week. We've got Mr. Doug Jones, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Doug, I've been a huge fan of your work for a long time, mm. and uh, we were very excited when you agreed to come on to the Friendship Onion. Mm.
2: Well, I, 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 it, it felt like an odd fit for me, but uh, and, yet, and yet, but you promised that, that, that it was going to be a good fit, so I, I have to trust.
1: Absolutely. Well, I don't know if you know, but me and Dom uh, are actors and we're not very good actors. We're not like you, Doug, but um, we're very excited. I, I, oh no, I, I'm, by, I'm
2: aware. I'm aware that
1: <laughs> We're very excited to talk about your um, process and, and some of the, the amazing characters that you've brought to life. And uh, for me personally, um, I suppose I, I would love to like sort of go back to the start and I know that your background was mime and uh, that sort of stuff and I was wondering was that through an acting college or was that just through your own just something that you wanted to learn?
2: Well uh, I went to a state university, Ball State University in Indiana here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and and I uh, I learned the art of mime from a a mime troupe on campus called Mime Over Matter. It's a play on words there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so so it was uh, that I had no idea that that would be early training for what was to come of my career. You know, mm.
1: And this school you were at is this the same school where you were the the school mascot? Did that come through the That's mime the, one. the mime group? <laughs> so what was the mascot called, and what yeah. was it? Well it was a we were the Fighting
2: Cardinals so it was a big bird suit a big red bird suit with floppy yellow feet and very skinny bird legs which I have uh well done. It worked out well
3: Brilliant Now Doug, so before you went to college and and school and stuff like that when you were uh, when you were uh, as we say in Britain a nipper were you interested in acting were you interested in films was this something that you that you wanted to do like when did when did the fire kind of kick in for you
2: yeah that would have been when i was an awkward child uh as we all felt like that when we were kids i, d- I didn't know i thought i was the only awkward child and until you grow up and you find out everybody felt like that but uh yeah. i uh, i was a very tall skinny goofy kid with a very long skinny neck that was made fun of by other kids so finding uh uh, inspiration on television, like with Don Knotts in the Mayberry show or Gilligan from Gilligan's Island or anybody from the Carol Burnett show, just funny people on TV were like, ah, oh, maybe that's where I belong. Mm. So that's kind of what, what my early inspirations were.
3: So, so at that point, so uh, as a, as a young, as a youngster, you always wanted to be an actor. And then obviously that took you to college. When, when did you think, that maybe you'd like to lean towards more of the the physical approach to acting?
2: I never thought that. I never sought that out, actually. I I came out to Hollywood land thinking that I would be a goofy sitcom sidekick. I had very low aspirations. I just wanted to be like a, a second fiddle on some show, just kind of coming in as the goofy neighbor uh, and say, hey, can I borrow a cup of sugar, do an armpit fart, say something funny and leave? That's all, that's all I really wanted. And uh, so... But then being 6'3 and weighing 135 pounds and having a mime background, the creature affects people uh, kind of like, oh, oh," kind of, uh, uh, you know, grabbed me early on in my career when I was doing TV commercials. Mm -hmm. My first agent saw that contortionist thing on my resume and (laughs) mime thing on my resume and sent me out for anything that involved physical tomfoolery or, uh, you know, physical comedy or, any kind of costume work or miming work or clowning it, that's what they were sitting out on. And, and those roles often came with a look that was either glued onto you or slipped on and zipped up the back. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how I kind of got acquainted with the creature effects people in Hollywood, but from doing those kind of commercials early on. And then that's a very tight knit community. Mm-hmm. So I, I, as you guys have worked with many, many actors in rubber bits um, uh, you know that, that there's uh, the creature effects makeup people, are a very tight-knit community that all know each other. And once you're in that community uh, and you get referred again and again and again.
1: And I think, you know, from watching your characters uh, for years, it, it kind of made me think of my time at, at drama school. Show up. And <laughs> and uh, there was a class that we used to have, which was um, psychological uh, masks. So this, this great teacher would make these, paper-mache masks, you know, that would totally change your face. And he would make you stare at the mirror for sort of 10 minutes, not, you know, just kind of trying to figure out what is this face doing to my body and, and how does it change? Mm-hmm. And I, I might be wrong, you can tell us, but it feels to me, rather than someone just throwing a costume on you or a a prosthetic it feels like you spend time your physicality you can see is influenced by how it looks it's not like you've yeah you can tell me i'm totally wrong here but it doesn't feel like you've created a character and then a prosthetics thrown on top of it it feels like you have studied this prosthetic and and grew into the body that you then have or, or the face that you then have. I'd love to hear a little bit of your um, how you go about that.
2: Yeah, uh, the, uh, the process is, is all of the above. Uh, I, I have right. to do all of the work that an actor has to do with, uh, you know, all the information we get from the script, with the writer's intention for that character, his wants, needs, loves, uh, fears, all those things, and how I interact with other characters. Then, then when you add a, a fantastical look to it, that brings a whole other element of information in for what this character is, where he comes from. Uh, so, and and even playing human beings, you have to play the character from head to toe, mm-hmm. I believe. So that yeah, would take on you take on a new posture and a new gesturing system with every every human you play. So add to that uh, some animal instincts or some alien instincts or things that you have to infuse into this, and the look helps inform a lot of that uh you know especially if i rehearse if i if i read a script and think oh this character is going to be doing this with his arms above his head the entire movie and they get the suit on and it's like this is all you can do well mm. then you have to kind of alter what you have you know rehearsed or thought in your mind so mm. so it, it very much is a a uh, a community that has to come together to create this character uh, and i'm just a part of it you know
3: Green Chef's keto and paleo options give you the premium proteins and vital veggies you need to conquer your day. With fresh produce, premium proteins, and organic ingredients you can trust, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Green Chef's Mediterranean preferences pack together fresh flavors and premium proteins. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef- curated flavor in less time. Avoid long lines at the grocery store. Green Chef is so convenient with pre-portioned, easy to follow recipes that are delivered right to your door. Green Chef saves you time by cutting down on weekly meal planning, prepping and grocery shopping. I recently got an order. The great thing about Green Chef is there's no waste. I got a kind of high protein kind of box because I was going to the gym a lot, make all your food. And at the end of your meal, there's nothing to throw away. It's absolutely fantastic. Go to greenchef.com slash Onion130 and use the code Onion130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Go to greenchef.com slash Onion130, use the code Onion130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. It can be hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you have high interest debt, and sometimes it can be even harder to ask for help. That's where Upstart comes in. We've all been there. Seemingly out of nowhere, you get hit by an unexpected expense or bill. When that happens, it can feel like the weight of the world is coming down and it's normal to not know where to turn. Luckily, Upstart is here to help. Upstart-powered personal loans can help you pay down high-interest debt all online with simple and easy-to-understand payment terms. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows you're more than just a credit score, so rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, employment and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000 without impacting your credit score. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com onion. That's upstart.com onion to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash onion. And over over the course of your career, you've worked with a lot of prosthetics. So that's a skill set that maybe you could speak to for people watching the show that might want to be working with prosthetics, whether creating them or as an actor. What are the things that are helpful to you when you approach a job that does have a lot of prosthetics as opposed to a job that, that has none?
2: Oh, right. Well, uh, first of all, I get a lot of young actors uh, getting a hold of me on the social media is like, I want to do what you do. And my answer is, Oh, save yourself. <laughs> oh, are you <laughs> kidding me? Uh, yeah, but, uh, but no, but if it's, uh, if you're either as a performer in a crazy look, you, you want to, uh, you have to really be, you have to think like an athlete and an actor because you, you mm-hmm. do once this, look is on you, it might take anywhere from two to seven hours to get you into that look every day. Your energy then has to be up on camera for the next 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And then you have to get cleaned up for the next two hours after that. You may have a turnaround for the next day that is less than, than than ideal. You might sleep four hours maybe, and then have to be back at it all over again the next day. So you really do have to be in the best shape of your life uh, uh, and and you know take care of yourself with all of the physical stuff, you know, hydrate and mm-hmm. take your vitamin and get your sleep and all that mm-hmm. stuff, uh, if you can. But when it comes to the creature effects, the, the creators, uh, of, you know, if you, if you're one of those kids who doodled in your notebook during math class and you're drawing pictures of demons and fighting angels, uh, that's the, those are the people that usually end up creating the looks that have gone on me. And, uh, uh so I would say keep, uh, keep that arti- artist in you very much alive, mm. uh, even if nobody's buying it yet, just keep creating the art uh, because it needs to be made. And and when if and when it's good enough, it will be it will be seen. It will be purchased.
3: Nice. And what do you think thus far in in your career has been the most tricky prosthetics pieces to work with? What's the most arduous job that you've done up to now?
2: Oh gosh! Well, uh, none of them are easy. I just you know, uh, but mm-hmm. the uh, and let's start with an easy one. Like or as far as like
0: mm.
2: the more human you are, the easier it's going to be. Such as uh, uh, when I played Billy Butcherson in Hocus Pocus, uh, that was a mm. human who had been dead for three hundred years. So that involved basically head and hands. Uh, you know, uh, it was a prosthetic, yes, but it was you know just uh, hollowed out, cheekboney zombie dead guy kind of Mm -hmm. decayed look Mm. uh with slip-on gloves super easy and a a big wig on the other side of of the spectrum would be mm, like something uh you know the farther from human you get the harder it's going to be so that would be like the fawn from pan's labyrinth where i was in stilts making making me seven feet tall and had ram horns on my head that were it was a very heavy Costume and makeup combination. Mm. I I delineate the two. A, a costume is something you slip on and zip up the back. A makeup is something glued to you or painted on your person. Yeah. So and so a lot of these characters are a combination of both of those. The, the amphibian man from The Shape of Water is another example of a combination uh, therein. So so uh, those are the more difficult ones that involve mechanics mm. and glued-on makeup bits. Uh, And I've often had like both both of my fishman character, Abe Safian from the Hellboy movies and the amphibian man from The Shape of Water, had mechanical gills that were right here by my ears. And as they're puppeteered from off camera, uh, they're going. (laughs) It's it's just like so you really have to concentrate, concentrate through that. Yeah. And uh, and, try and just kind of make that a part of the fish's ecosystem. It's like, no, he, this is what he hears. It's like tinnitus in his ears. Right. That's what he has. Okay, I get, I get it. So I can, I can act through that.
1: I love that. I love the sort of making it work for you on a sort of day to day basis. That mm. you, you just make that. Oh yeah, this is a thing that this character has. Like if we, if we can talk about The Shape of Water, um, which if anyone hasn't seen it, you should watch it tonight it's an incredible film yeah i love the movie and how you and the director and everyone involved got that romance t- to make sense and be beautiful and, mm-hmm. and, and 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 so touching was was really incredible and um that i think after that when i went back and watched a lot of your work again and that sort of truth and and sort of Elegance that you bring to characters is is really special, mm. and like for that that for, for that film, um, thinking about that one, were were you in water, like a lot of the day, or was there special effects that they used? I don't know wind tunnels or something to kind of to give effects, or were you stuck in a stuck in a tank for all day?
2: It was a little bit of both, yes. Uh, depending on the scene. Uh, now, mm-hmm. in the scenes where I was in the laboratory, there was a pool in there yeah. that was actual water that I had to dive into, come up out of, be in, live yeah. in, for weeks at a time. But the uh, but if I was in a tank with the the tank with the glass uh, around it, uh, that would have been a dry tank with me on a on a, a seesaw sort of thing, so they could get the floaty action out of me and they would pump they pump some smoke in there and then rippling lighting effect looked like water uh the final scene of the movie where we are uh floating away in in into happily ever after together Mm -hmm. underwater that was the that was sally hawkins and me in hip harnesses strung up in a huge studio also filled with smoke with a rippling light effect from above and fans blowing on us to get like a a, a, you know to get her clothing to move and her hair was pinned up on one side, so they could CG the the, the floaty hair thing later, wow, post production, and uh, add bubbles in and all that. So we were we were uh, hanging from very painful hip harnesses for most of that mm. day. Mm. Uh, but the bathroom scene, where we uh, where she stuffs towels under the door and floods the room, so we can have a little hoo ha underwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> she that that was uh, that was the bathroom set was then rebuilt in a tank that was eight feet deep. And uh, we, they did actually show that with water and film us under, underwater. So we had to uh, kind of like expel all the air out of your lungs so you can sink and then do your thing. And then hopefully you hear cut over the loudspeaker that's under the water. Uh, We kind of prayed for that. Please cut already. Cut, cut, cut.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So it's a combination of a few things. I mean, I remember when we did rings, Pete, jackson showing us the footage of elijah falling into the midgewater marshes yeah. and kind of you know being in a trance yeah, yeah. he puts on the ring at that point right i can't remember Or maybe he just kind of passes out right. and that was all done in a in a kind of wind tunnel and this, that's what made me th- that's what made right. me
1: think of that because sean Aston as well as Samwise Uh,
3: that when he goes in the water that was all done in a a wind tunnel so a little bit of slow motion a little bit of wind and a little bit of light and Mm -hmm. i remember pete showing it to us Mm -hmm. on a tiny little monitor and saying pretty good right and i was like i remember thinking yeah it's good but i didn't realize what he was saying which was there's no water involved and then he he said that's that's in a wind (laughs) tunnel and i was like what that makes no sense but it's a great trick isn't it yeah it's amazing because i was
1: wondering because i just thought was, you know, was dug in water for like four months. That mm-hmm. would have been hell, mm-hmm. especially in a prosthetic. Because <laughs> how do they even, how do they keep the prosthetic from like disintegrating or mm-hmm. falling off? And mm-hmm. I mean, just for that, say that film alone, talk us through what a day would be for you yeah. becoming uh, that character. Like that must have been a long prosthetic.
2: Well, it wasn't as long as as some of them uh, because it was it, I, I remember that suit makeup delineation this was more suit yeah. with makeup around uh-huh. the face and neck but but the body was slipped on and zipped up. Uh, ah, but it was so tight and so form fitting every nook and cranny of me was was sculpted to so it fit it fit with such precision that it took three grown adults to shimmy this on to me and that took us about 20 minutes of our start the start of our day just yeah. to get that on my body. Then, it, then the rebuilding of everything else around my head and neck and hands. Um, so that was about a three-hour makeup process. Mm. Then during the day, uh, I actually was be- able to sit in a chair between between takes and shots. And I did. I had a fine backside. I'm not, uh, the, the design process for this took about a year because mm. uh, Guillermo del Toro, being the director that he is, the perfectionist that he is, which I really mm. appreciate about him, uh, he wanted this fish man to be so re- believable as a romantic figure. Uh, yeah. You know, w- when I first got this role, he said, Dougie, you're going to be the romantic leading man of this movie. And I'm like, wow, in a fish suit, this is a, oh. only he could pull that off. So, yeah. so, so the sculpting job of this character, uh, the the colors and shapes that they went through retooling constantly were the, the lips and the butt were the two areas that that needed the most, Hmm. Is it right yet? Is it kissable? Is it grabbable? What do you think? So, uh, so, so I knew, I knew we had, uh, that it was working when I'm on set in my chair between things. And I often would just save my energy for the camera and like, I would often be falling asleep, but I stood Mm. up to walk away from our set chairs at one point and Octavia Spencer, one of my wonderful co-stars, all I heard her say was, "Mm." so I knew that
3: it worked. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Nice, I love that. It's a nice seal of approval there. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, one of our one of our co-stars on uh, Lord of the Rings, John Rhys Davies, who plays Gimli the dwarf, um, had to wear uh, just a little bit more facial prosthetics than than Billy and I. We we wore wigs and ears and feet, but John had a kind of was it a nose over the cheek? Yeah, and some portion, head I a think Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, they found out relatively quickly in the rehearsal process that he would have quite a strong reaction to the chemicals needed to either apply the prosthetics or take them off. So then he had to have at least, was right. it two or three days off in between? I think it was, uh, maybe even a week, I think. Oh, really? Just, just yeah. to recover because cool. his eyes would, would get sore and stuff. Have you, because obviously uh, prosthetics have changed over the years, Doug, and, and they're consistently getting better and better, but have you had any... Strong reactions to prosthetics over the years
2: No thankfully I've never had any uh, allergies or any problems with now of course when you' when something is glued to you and peeled off and glued to you and peeled off uh, or removed there's chemicals involved and there's going to be some wear and tear over over yeah. time but mm. but uh, but nothing out of the ordinary you know in fact Joan Rivers asked me this very question on the red carpet at the Oscars in 2007 when Pan's labyrinth was there with uh, six nominations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, she, she asked me about this, uh, uh, we we're doing a little interview and she said, uh, and I, but I'd wanted to talk to her all my life, by the way, we're all aware who Joan Rivers is, right? And she's so, a yeah, hilarious yeah. comedian who was very well known for having lots and gobs of work done, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with, uh, plastic surgeries and things. So, so she's asking me, Had, being someone who's worn so much, you know, prosthetic makeups and things. Have you ever had any problems with, uh, with you know, a, a rash or an allergic reaction to anything and being, you know, products? I said, so, well, no. I, I Thankfully, I've never had any bad reactions to adhesives or removers or latex products or silicone products. And as I was saying the words silicone products, I'm, I'm looking at her precious face just stuffed full of them. So... <laughs> So, so I couldn't help myself, and I said, "Well, well, you know what I mean." <laughs> <laughs> right, on worldwide television, oh, really? thank Brilliant. you. I, I, I've been wanting to meet her all my life, and that's how—that's what I do to her. I Real love bless. it.
3: <laughs> well, you—you you recently played a role in in Doom Patrol that had a, a pretty significant amount of facial prosthetics, right? Yeah,
1: it did. And I've—I've I've always been kind of interested in prosthetics, and I don't know if you know this, Doug. But me and Dom and the other two hobbits were in the Guinness Book of Records ones for the longest time in a a makeup chair for one job because we were there for about two years and we would do three hours every morning. So even though it's nothing like some of the ones that you've done, But it accumulated, you know, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. spending a long time in a makeup chair. And I think I read somewhere, is this right, that you got an award from the, I think, the I don't know who it was from, the makeup um, union or something. It's called the chair
2: award the The Chair award it was kind of a lifetime achievement sort of thing for someone outside the makeup and hair union that has been in their chairs a lot. So I that was a really? quite an honor. They created this award, and I was just this year, and I was the first recipient of it. so I nice I, very, very. Very, very lovely to be represent, rec- recognized by that uh, union of, of wonderful artists. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I uh, want uh, I, I you, I, you guys may not remember this, but I think I met both of you back in nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. When did the first Lord of the Rings movie come
3: out? I was doing a lot of drinking then, so I think be... it was two thousand.
1: I think two thousand. I think yeah.
3: Was it yeah, on a okay. red carpet, well, so Doug? Think, because if so, I, I had to be heavily medicated. I was probably carrying no. an IV behind me. <laughs> no, uh, was yeah. I on Bailey's back? Yeah, right, right, no, no.
2: It was at a uh, a charity vaudeville variety show. You were in the audience, and I was on stage doing a mime act. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure it was you two, uh, because then one of the producers of the show, uh, Bo. Hmm. Well, Marley Shelton was actress. Marley Shelton was, was yeah. uh, uh, producing the event, and mm-hmm. her fiance at the time, now husband Bo, uh, uh, came back to me a- backstage and said, uh, Two of the Hobbits from Lord of the Rings would love to meet you. Right. And so I actually met both of you. Yeah. And you used the F word. T- you actually used the oh, F word she- saying, like, You were amazing. That was the best
3: thing. That was so funny. <laughs> ah! It
2: was so <laughs> sweet of both of you. So I wanted to. <laughs> it so,
3: sounds like us. Yeah if, if yeah, if there's F-bombs does, yeah. getting thrown around and possibly free drinks at yeah. the event, it does sound <laughs> uh, like yeah. ours, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, and ours. there Brilliant. were, yes. <laughs> yeah. Dom, lovely stuff. Well, here we go. It was a fantastic chat. We might see him on the convention circuit and that would be fantastic. Uh, of course, guys, remember, if you're enjoying the uh, French Bonion and you're not subscribing, why aren't you subscribing? Mm-hmm. Please subscribe to French Bonion. Give us a nice review. And a five star rating. You can also leave comments on our YouTube channel. Send us your tongue twisters. Send us your riddles and tongue twisters. We've not had a riddle or a tongue twister for a while, and I love that segment. I love that. And if you've got a sweary word that you'd like to see in
1: Lord of the Rings, please send us that as well. And if you want to look fantastic, wear the merch. Wear the Friendship Onion merchandise. You can get that at thefriendshiponionpodcast.com.
3: You certainly can. And if there's any particular food item or beverage item that you want us to check out for Billion Dom Meet the World, we'll do that too and we'll see you next week see you next week on the friendship
0: pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's
1: mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. forty nine perfect with our classic fries price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer
0: Ba-da-ba-ba. judy was boring
1: hello
2: then judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
1: it's my little escape
2: now judy's the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
2: whoa take it easy judy <laughs>